Welcome to the PSD cast of Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Jason Lumberg, and in this episode, we're examining wave power and why no one has managed to harness it properly for well over a century. Now, we've, we've all probably heard of wave power one point or another. Various entities have been tinkering with it since the late 19th century, but no one has really managed to unlock all the latent potential. The, um, the U.S. Department of Energy estimates that the annual energy potential of waves off the coast of the U.S. to be as high as 2.64 trillion kilowatt hours. And over in Finland, AW Energy just earned a prestigious manufacturing certification from Lloyd's Register for their wave roller technology. Their wave energy device operates about a fifth of a mile to one and a quarter miles from shore at depths from 8 to 20 meters. And we've got the CEO of AW Energy, Christopher Ridgewell, on the line. And we're hoping he can shed some light on their technology and the new Surge 2 project in Portugal. So Christopher, welcome aboard. And let's start from the beginning. We've been trying to commercialize wave energy for over 100 years, and for one reason or another, it just hasn't stuck. Why exactly do you think it's taken this long to catch on? Hi, Jason. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. And, and I to say this is an excellent question uh, and, and, a, and a, a difficult one to give a simple answer to. And um, I'd say I'd start off by saying that uh, you could say the development pathway is, is pretty similar to other forms of uh, what we think is now as more traditional forms of renewable energy. So silicon uh, solar cells, I mean, the original idea or the discoveries uh, with selenium happened at the end of the 1800s. And it was only in the 1950s that silicon uh, solar cells were discovered and, and, and the t- technology development has, has sort of progressed since then and it was only saying i think it was 2010 that the cost was around 250 euros per megawatt hour and now we're we're way way down uh, on on that and and similarly with with uh, wind energy so wind energy um development has accelerated in the in the last uh, few years but it, it has a very long history and uh, and been in development for for many years and has uh, relied a lot, or the technology development has been a lot, thanks to the, the subsidy schemes and the and the um, the push by 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 the government to to get it to get it uh, out there. So I would say that, uh, that there's nothing d- different really from from wave energy and other forms of renewable energy technology. It's it's um, it's challenging uh, with with new technology. There's a certain technology development pathway. That needs to be to be pushed through, and 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 it costs costs money, and it, it requires to attract capital. But I'm very confident now that uh, we're in a very very good position. So already today we have technology that we think is approaching approaching uh, sort of commercial uh, commercial numbers uh, for, for certain sites around the world. So right, right. yes, it's taken many many years, but I think we're now at the cusp. Right. Well, you know, wave energy, I'm, sh- I'm sure you're aware, is definitely one of the, the lesser-known forms of renewable energy. So I, I, I wouldn't really blame um, those of our listeners who, who aren't really um, in, entirely aware of it on, on, on a fundamental level. So for those who aren't familiar with it, can you, can you describe how it works? So on a fundamental level, um, you could say that the, the sun is, is creating weather patterns 
and the majority of the surface of the earth is covered by by large oceans so the weather patterns are creating winds and the winds are pushing pushing waves in front of them so in in the in the eastern side of the large oceans the winds are coming from the sea and pushing waves in front of them and so over a thousand kilometers you can have uh, large uh, wave heights that are built up and you see on the surface you see a wave could could go up to you know some over 10 meters high you've got this uh, circular motion that's generating the the wave that you see on the surface so the water particles are moving around and around and it's creating a, a kind of a traveling a lump on the surface but what what's also is not often appreciated is that the the wave also extends deep underwater so it can extend several hundred meters below the surface where you have this circular rotating motion of the water particles extending down so so this rotation uh, moves across the surface and and wave energy uh, technologies attempt to extract the energy energy from that so the the energy is a function of the wave height and what we call the period or the wavelength and so generating electricity from from that either the up and down motion that you see on the surface or in the case of wave roller the surge motion so the backwards and forth motion underneath the sea so I, I mentioned it's a circular motion but as you move close to the shore the wave interacts with the seabed and in the extreme case you see what you see on the beach the water ebbing and going up and down on on the on the on the on the beach but um that backwards and forth motion is is even further out to sea so the circular motion uh, gets compressed and turns into an elliptical motion so we we operate in about 10 meters of water depth and we think that's the sweet spot where this uh, elliptical motion gives us the maximum surge surge um, force for our panel type technology right right oh well, let, let's expound on the wave roller tech a, a little bit could you, could you quantify the devices you know what they're rated at their capacity factor and how much power each panel harvests in the waves and and of course anything I might have missed okay so the the, the panel is is uh, or the rating of the device is is a function of the panel width so our panel um, is around 20 meters in in width and in certain locations it's it can be wider in other locations a bit a bit narrower but about 20 meters in width and uh, we're just scratching the surface in terms of the hydrodynamics of this this device just like wind power in the early days so um, if you can think of the the efficiency of the device we're trying to capture as much as much energy from the waves as possible but we still want to have the the panel moving backwards and forwards in the waves so we can't capture all, all of the energy but we try to capture as much as we can and we're in the early days at the moment so I would say that the the, the, the power recovery is around 20% uh, of the of the wave energy that is out there in the sea actually gets transferred into into the wave or in the electrical energy that then is supplied into the grid but the theoretical maximum is about 70 percent so there's a long way still to go just like other forms of technology in, in getting more energy out from from the waves but we're in a very good place at the moment so if you imagine in in california say 
um, the average wave energy is about uh, 40,000 um, uh, um, kilowatts per meter. So you can you can multiply that up, and you can see uh, what what sort of um, wave energy per meter we can we can um, capture from from a 20 meter panel, and that's the average. So in the winter time. Uh, that that uh, energy increases, and in, in the summertime it, it decreases. And uh, I'd say this is one of the great benefits. I mean, California is a, is a good example um, of, of the benefits of wave energy, because in California, a lot of the energy uh, from renewable energy sources comes in the in this in the, in, in the summertime. So in the summertime, you have the sun, obviously, but you also have the um, the heat from the desert. So the desert air is rising and, and creating the wind energy. So in summertime, you have both the wind energy and the solar energy, but, uh, but not so much um, wave energy. But in the wintertime, the, the, the wind drops off and the, and the solar energy drops off quite significantly. And that's exactly the time when there's a lot of, of wave energy. So it does a very good job of balancing the grid. And it, it, likewise, you know, that's over a year scale. So in the in the winter time, there's good wave energy when solar and and wind are weak. But also in in on a, on a typical week, if you can imagine on a, on a on on the, the solar energy doesn't generate much much electricity in the night time, and if you get a night uh, with with a little little uh, wind, uh, then the renewable energy generation drops off. But wave energy is pretty consistent. So we're con continuously generating energy, and, it's in, and, and it varies in a, to a much lower extent than, than solar and wind. So these are some of the main benefits of, of wave energy. It's, it's consistent, and it's out of phase with other forms of renewable energy technology. So it can really right, support right. the grid, and means we can get more in, more other forms of energy in. Um, there's been a lot of talk recently about the... Um, uh, the, the issue of putting more and more solar into grid, I think the, the value is around 20 or 30 uh, percent. If you get approach those those values, then 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 solar starts to compete with itself. So you get the value deflation uh, from solar energy, and and the returns start to drop. The price of electricity mm -hmm. starts to drop as more and more solar comes on the grid. But that's exactly the time when when we can get wave energy in when 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 we can we can complement um, the grid, so we can provide energy in a different time phase to other forms of renewable energy. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, Lloyd's Register being uh, based in the UK, I, I think maybe some of our American listeners might might not have heard of it. What exactly does it mean to to earn a manufacturing certification milestone from them? It's it's all to do with the, the bankability of the technology. Um, that's the main purpose. So Lloyd Register is a, an independent third-party um, institution that that looks at the ta technical risks, looks at the integrity of the technology, looks at our design and our manufacturing, and makes sure that it meets the best 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 practice possible. Make sure that it meets the design criteria and the codes and standards that we've specified the technology and make sure that the codes and standards are appropriate for the technology. Um, you have a similar organization in, in, in the US, it's American Bureau of Shipping. So it's, it, does, it does the same, same type of work. 
Um, right. So, so we've been working together with with Lloyd's Register now for since 2014. So, been working uh, through the risk assessments, looking at what the failure modes would be, and and how we can address those failure modes with with changing the design or implementing different forms of technology. And uh, and and they've they've supported us along the way. And uh, we've received different certification milestones, and now we've completed the manufacturing of our device. And so from an insurance point of view or from an end customer point of view, if, if you decide to invest in a, a wave energy um, uh, farm, um, you want to be sure that you can pay back your loan that you've used to, to build the farm. And, and of course, the, the wave energy and that you generate, you'll sell it into the grid and that will pay back your loan and you'll, you'll collect your profit. But what happens if there is a, is a failure? There is some interruption in business. There's a mechanical failure, an electrical failure. So, so how is your loan going to be repaid? And this is where insurance comes in. So the in, insurance then can step in and, and repay or, or, or secure your, your, your income, your project income, until you get the issue fixed. So that's, that's the purpose. And, and, and for an insurance company or from an insurance point of view, they want to make sure that the asset uh, reaches the highest possible technical requirements. And that's, and that's what the third-party certification is for. And, and, and we've recently been discussing with, with our insurance broker, and it's clear that, that we meet the, the criteria, for example, the London insurance market, the requirement they would have to insure our technology for, for a customer. And this is all about bankability, bankability and certainty of income from the technology. Of course, of course. Well, you know, your first surge project, of course, it involved pairing the tech with with a grid-connected device. And for the the surge 2 project in Portugal, first off, your your press materials say that it's a -a first-of-a-kind project. Now, does that that just mean what the name implies that it's a novel application or or is there more to it? And... You know what? Are, what were your goals for the the second the second version of the project? So, so the first of a kind uh, name comes comes from our our customer side and and also from from the European Investment Bank um, um, side. So we we have uh, financing. We were we. we we achieved sort of bank financing from the European Investment Bank several several years ago, and that was through a first of a kind facility, um, a facility for for developing first of a kind projects. So, in terms of first of a kind, you could imagine it if you think about serial production. So clearly, we want to build many thousands of these um, devices, and this would be serial number zero. So this would be the very first first device of, of serial production, and so in that sense, it's the it's the first of a kind, the first device. And 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 how does it vary from Surge? Well, in in many ways, the Surge Two project takes all the learnings we've we've achieved from the Surge project. The Surge, um, as you say, was a was a grid connected device. It was a 300 quick kilowatt device with three three panels on it, and it was deployed in a fully exposed marine environment to all the wave conditions and and we had strain gauges on it and and a lot of sensors on it and we used it to to collect data to validate our our design methodology so we need a 
you know, the design methodology that can be certified by the third party, in this case, Lloyd's Register. So they want to make sure that our safety factors are correct and adequate uh, for the technology. So the device was there collecting load, load data and, and informing the design. But also we learned a lot about the power takeoff units, um, the failure modes that you would expect with this type of technology, um, the way to, to convert the electricity um, and, and how to send it uh, ashore through the grid. And the most important thing is the, is the um, grid compliance. So the grid uh, wants to receive smooth, smooth energy. So in the surge device, um, we were generating electricity with the waves, and, and that is naturally pulsating. So as the wave energy uh, goes up, then the electricity to the grid goes up. And that's clearly not grid compliant. So our technology now, we in, incorporate uh, storage into the technology. So when the, uh, the wave power comes into our panel, we have a pulse of up to two megawatts of power. So that two megawatts of power gets converted um, into hydraulic uh, pressure and stored in accumulators. And then we feed that pressure to the grid um, in a smooth grid compliant way. So this is another sort of important innovation in the technology and the step forward is, is grid compliance. Technology can also respond to the grid code as well, or grid grid frequency. So as the grid frequency uh, drops, we can then push more power into the grid to support the grid frequency. So these are some kind of the innovations that we've we've developed through this design process and, and taking the learnings from the from the original surge project. So it's been a very exciting technology development pathway, and we think we've got a very very innovative and, and, and interesting and, and technology that can really bring some major benefits we're seeing. Oh. Well, very cool, Christopher. Th thanks for all the great information. I think this has been very enlightening. You know, as a, as a quick reminder to our audience, the PSDcast is now available on iTunes, and the, the link should be in the description. Uh, Christopher, on behalf of PSD, I, I want to thank you for your time, and to our audience, thanks for tuning in.